0: I was so hesitant at the beginning when you said once a week, I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I, I do once a week or once every two weeks, but I'm c- consistent Yeah, from your course. Like I'm very consistent and I actually like doing them now. And you do get sales there, right? That way? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But more importantly, I feel like I'm um, building that connection with those people and I get lots of... Replies to my emails. So, uh, you know, I'm getting to know people and they're getting to know me better. And yeah, so it's, um I actually like doing it a lot.
1: It's the Inspiration Place Podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place Podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, Passion Maker. This is Miriam Shulman, your curator of inspiration, and you're listening to episode number 232 of the Inspiration Place podcast. Today, we're talking to an artist who proves that you don't have to sell in person to make a sustainable living with your art. I can't wait for you to meet her. But before we get there, I just wanted everyone to know, because I've been getting a lot of emails lately, so not not everyone, I want everyone who's international to know, I've been getting a lot of emails lately, people who wanna order my book, but they don't wanna pay shipping on whatever site you're on. And my publisher let me know that there is this site called the Book Depository, and Artpreneur is available there. So you can get free worldwide shipping. So we have added a link to that on the pre order page for Artpreneur. So that if you can get all your bonuses, no, it doesn't matter where you order your book, we don't care if you're Amazon, anti Amazon. Barnes and Noble, book depository, indie bookstore, it doesn't matter. Go order the book wherever you want, then take your name, email, and order number, enter it on artpreneurbook.com, and we will set you up with the bonuses. I can't wait for you to read this book. All right, now on with the show. Today's guest turned to painting many years ago as a way to relieve the stresses of daily life and finding an outlet for expression. Painting in many layers, each one adds to her story. While seemingly non representational, her work explores the patterns, colors, and movement found in nature, the elements, and the galaxy. Cloud, rain, stars, and more make an appearance, carrying with them the emotions associated with each. Music plays a large role in her daily practice, influencing the fluidity and movement of her art. She paints from her home studio overlooking a forest outside of Ottawa, Ontario. Her artwork can be found in private collections across Canada, North America, Europe, Australia, and South Africa. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Mariana Nielsen. Hey, Mariana, welcome to the show. Hi, Miriam, Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So tell me about your studio where you're painting.
0: So my studio is in my home and it's intended to be a dining room. And I paint there and it's got a huge window looking out into a forested area. So it's very inspiring for me. Beautiful, I've been um, threatening to take over
1: our dining room in the country as well because that one has the most windows. It's like, we're not really going to host any family meals in here, right? You don't mind if I move in my art supplies? Well, that was my thought too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So now I guess uh, you have Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Is that that similar to American Thanksgiving? That was in October. So you don't have to host it. You're off the hook. I'm off
0: the hook. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So the reason I invited you is because... I'm always getting asked questions that go something like this. There's different variations. Well, do I have to do social media to sell my art? Well, no, you don't. Do I have to sell in person to sell my art? Well, no, you don't. Do I have to be in a gallery to sell my art? Well, no, you don't. But you got to do something. (laughs) So that's usually what I tell people is like, well, you have to pick something to do. So why don't we start there? I know that was something that you, felt very strongly about that you wanted to give up selling in person and you sold in person for a while. You did that art fair
0: thing. art festival yeah, I, thing. I tried a couple and it just, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. What's to like about, sh- about
0: schlepping your artwork. I mean, well, I mean, I like once you're there and you're the talking to people, but like, yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah.
1: I mean, I always like it once I'm set up, but, the magic fairy has got to come and set it up for me. Yeah. You know, I don't know where those magic fairies are. I always, <laughs> I spot my husband with duties, like, no, I'm out. <laughs> so.
0: I don't have a magic fairy, so yeah. I'm the magic fairy. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: I had one guest on who loved doing art fairs, but she's six feet tall, so she was able to like set everything up herself. Wow. But you do sell your art now. Tell us how, if you're not doing it in person,
0: how you're doing it. Mostly, it's either off my website or through galleries. And I've only been in galleries, well, I guess it's been a couple of years. But I got into a few of them this year, this past year from your course. So I do that and then off of my website. Yeah, that's great. And And I market basically on Instagram. And. And now I'm getting into Pinterest more. And. And. Oh, how Miriam. Else, how else are you getting how do you get people to go to your website? I get people to go to my website. Oh, through my email list. Thank you. <laughs> which you taught me how to do. And I was so hesitant at the beginning when you said once a week, I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> But, I do once a week or once every two weeks, but I'm consistent, yeah, from your course, Like I'm very consistent, and I actually like doing them now, and you do get sales there, right? That way? yeah, I do, yeah, but more importantly, I feel like I'm um building that connection with those people, and I get lots of replies to my emails. So you know I'm getting to know people and they're getting to know me better and yeah, so it's. Um, I actually like doing it a lot. Good. Yeah, you, you yeah. do a
1: good job with it because I, I still read your emails.
0: Oh, okay. I think. You're <laughs> not supposed to say I think. No,
1: I definitely do. I mean, you and Cindy, I was like, oh, it's Canadian Thanksgiving now. <laughs> how large is your email list? Because people want to know, like, to have success, how large does it have to be? It's not
0: that large. It's under 400. But when it's
1: really in people who, who
0: belong on the list, it does make a difference. Yeah. And I get a really great open rate too. I get close to 60%. Wow. Yeah. I get a really good open rate. Oh my gosh. That is really, really good. Yeah.
1: So you're 60%. So that's 240 people. So that would be the same as somebody who maybe has a thousand people on their list, but only has a 24% open rate. So you really are leveraging your email list. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So that's one of my main focuses now still. And um, I'm less on Instagram than I was. And I'm focusing also on Pinterest now.
1: Yeah. So you told me that before we hit record. I want to hear what you're doing there, because this is not part
0: of our work together. Like, are you advertising there? What what are you doing on Pinterest? I'm not advertising yet. I cleaned up my boards and and did a bunch of cleanup in there. And I'm posting daily pins. And then they have their version of stories, which are called idea pins. Oh, So I'm doing that pretty much daily right now. And I'm noticing an uptick because I had a bit of a downtick for a while because I wasn't paying attention to Pinterest, and now it's starting to come back up again.
1: Now, have you gotten collectors from it, or just or email subscribers? I've, yeah, or? I've
0: gotten email subscribers from it. Oh, that's great because we know yeah, because email I subscribers. can see they follow me on Pinterest, and then I see that they come into my email list. So, excellent, yeah. excellent. What are you offering on Pinterest to get them onto your email list? At this stage, I haven't really. Done a lead magnet other than basically come and join my email list and get first dibs and and, you know a small discount for your to purchase my art. I'm working on that right now. I love hearing that
1: because a lot of artists overthink it because they listen to marketers who say you need a cheat sheet, you need this, you need that, and really, if they like your art, if they're someone who's going to be a buyer, getting first dibs. Is important to them. I mean, yeah, part of what yeah. collecting original art is getting something before anybody else, getting exclusivity, and and that's what they're willing to pay big bucks for. So I love to hear that that's actually working for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It has been. Okay. And then the
1: other thing I wanted to ask you, and then we, we, I, def- I still want to talk to you about colors. So um, okay. when I told Marianne, I wanted to talk to her about this. She wasn't too excited, but we're, I'm obsessed right now. So we have to have this conversation anyway. So one of the things that I know I told you, so what I said at the beginning of this conversation was, you know, people say, do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Do I have to whatever? And I was like, no, but you have to do something. And then what you're doing, you have to lean into it really hard. So one of the things I said to you is like, if you want to have most of your sales be from your email list in your gallery, you, have, you need more
0: galleries. So how many galleries are you in now? I think there's three brick and mortar ones, and a new Canadian online one that is, I think will be quite successful once they get the ball rolling. Yeah. So four basically.
1: Okay. All right. And then I wrote a few down that I, I'm going to share with you after this, um,
0: this conversation's over.
1: <laughs> okay. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like this. Sorry, listener. You're not part of the incubator program. When you join, I will tell you also if you, okay. Join her incubator program. <laughs> okay, that's it for that commercial. Okay. So I am obsessed with all these various paint companies, color of the year. And Pantone has it. I think last year it's purple. I think this year it's a different shade of purple. I wasn't a big I wasn't thrilled with either of those colors. But what's also interesting, and I think it's important for us artists to not that you have to paint based on trends but you should be aware of what these are because it does affect our art sales what is trending in the market it's something like a gestalt that's happening and each of the different paint companies they also come up with what their recommendation is for the color of the year last year in for for well this year 2022 most of the paint companies had different shades of green. I don't know if you are aware. Like um, Benjamin Moore, they had a beautiful shade of like sage green. Sherwin Williams did as well. They all had like these very beautiful shades of green. This year, the colors are all over the place. I think Sherwin Williams, I forget which, whether it's Sharon Williams or Bear, where it's blank canvas, which is basically white, is their color of the year. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then what I wanted to talk to you about, Mariana, and she's like, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Benjamin Moore, I had said before I found out what the color of the year choices were. I thought, oh, I have a new apartment. We painted it all Swiss coffee, which is basically an off-white color. And I thought, when they come out with the color of the year, I'll paint my foyer, whatever it is. Well, I am not painting it this color, so I'm going to share it with you, and we're going to talk about it. Um, I'm going to share my screen. And those of you who are listening because you're not watching, we will put in the show notes a link to Benjamin Moore 2023, color of the year. Let's see if I can get this up here. Benjamin Moore, color of the year. Okay, this is the color of the year. Wow. I know. Okay, so for those of you who are listening, they call it raspberry blush, and it's basically coral, and it's not <laughs> it's subtle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know if they're going to sell a lot of these paint colors. And they have what they, uh, what they call like a palette of colors. And what they were saying is that this is inspired by modern art. And I was thinking, huh, I wonder what Marianna thinks about this. Hold on. Let me see if I can get to. Okay. Here we are. 2023 oh. color trends. What do you think? We've got the coral we told you about. We've got this t- a teal green. We got blue that they're calling starry something. And it's basically like. Um, Looks like a muted ultramarine blue. Yeah, I don't think there's anything muted about this color palette. And then the last one is lime green, which is a very 60s color. So, um, and there's so, like a pink so interestingly here. Interestingly
0: enough, lately on some of my paintings, I've been using more green. Yeah. It's not that I don't like green. I just lose my color generally. But I'm really liking green and I'm using a much, much lighter I guess you call it coral. It's sort of a peachy color. I know I,
1: you have, because I've seen it. That's why I'm saying, that's why I said
0: I wanted to show this to you. But I find those colors a little bit too, like, in your face. When they're all together, like on that image you showed me.
1: Yeah. I don't understand their marketing around this at all, because I can see these colors in artwork. I can see these colors in fabrics, but I can't see anybody wanting to paint their walls any of these colors.
0: No, especially the coral. I know, right? Any of them. You're right. Yeah. But why are we talking about this? (laughs) I'm like, think I'm I getting there. Some of those because
1: I see these in your artwork, and I also see them in like. There's this one called conch shell conch. Do you conch say conch shell? conch yeah. shell? This so it's kind of a pink color, and this is like the color I would see in a Kandinsky, don't you think, or William yeah. de Kooning? Yeah, right. And yeah. the Savannah green and, you know, and the pink color. I'm a color? fan of teal, but I don't like that teal. No, I don't like that teal either. So Starry Night Blue, it's kind of like Van Gogh's Starry Night, but paint your walls with that? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. However, I think this is good news for for us artists. So I think like these colors, not these exact colors, but I think take a look at the Benjamin Moore colors and tag me on Instagram and let me know what you think of these. Like you either tag me under Benjamin Moore. What's Benjamin Moore on Instagram? Hold on. I'm going to find out. So you can see this when you're listening. Oh my gosh, these are all, this, one is worse than the other, don't you think? Yeah. They have one called cinnamon, which is basically burnt orange. And then the Savannah green, it's kind of like poopy diaper green. <laughs> like infant, you know, breastfed poopy diaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But they say it's inspired by modern art. Well, the art pieces there are lovely. They are. But I think they should have painted the walls white and then I put the so art too. on it. All right. So I want to know what you guys think. What do you think of these colors? Would you use them in your home? Would you use them in your artwork? Let us know. Comment below either. If you're listening to this on my website, so you can comment there or you can DM me. I'm at ShulmanArt Art on Instagram or I don't know. How else can you get in touch with me? You can, you can send me an email. So that's what I wanted to show you. (laughs) Thank you for showing me that, Miriam. No, Marianne Marianne is still like, WTF, Miriam, what are you talking about? No, but I've seen like these vibrant colors in your artwork. So let's talk about that because I know that music is very important in your art.
0: What kind of music do you listen to when you paint? Anything from the 60s to now. There you go. Most of it, I would say, is probably the 70s music. 70s and 80s and a lot of a lot of current stuff whatever I just listen because it takes me out of my head mm. when I have music on I have tried listening to podcasts can't do that I stop painting because I have to listen whereas music just takes me right out of my head beautiful and then yeah. in
1: terms of like when you approach a painting what intentions do you set at the beginning of your paintings
0: I don't really set any intention other than to have fun doing it. I never have a plan. I just choose my colors, and it doesn't even necessarily going to end up in the colors that I choose on those first few layers. I just go for it. My painting is much more about, I guess, my mindset and my emotional being in those moments. Or the music often brings up memories, and then I find it's those emotions that show up on the artwork. That's nice. I like that.
1: So it's a very intuitive process for you.
0: Very much so. And I love it. And
1: then how often do you paint? Every day,
0: three days Um, a week? Not anymore. When I was learning, because I started about seven years ago. So for the first five years, five, six, probably every day now, maybe four times a week, five times a week. Do you you feel you need that a day
1: off? Like you need like a, a break, a mental break?
0: Well, and the admin gets more, right? As you mm-hmm. as you grow. Yeah. You've got to spend way more time on your administration. And and I don't mind doing it. I don't mind so.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can hire it out. I mean, mostly the admin became an issue for me when I added on things like online art classes and coaching and other and the podcasts and things like that. But when I was only selling art and not doing everything else. I found it was like a good balance for my left and right brain to be able to do
0: both and have a break. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, because I'm previously an accountant, so I was very left brained. Yeah. So that's why I don't mind the computer stuff. I do find it a good break, and it just takes you into a different headspace.
1: Yeah, like there's something relaxing because there's a lot yeah. of decisions to be made when you are doing things that are creative and a lot of admin, there's not a lot of decisions. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Marianna, I want to ask you if you could go back seven years ago and ask that T minus seven, whatever your age is, T minus seven year old self, if you could tell them,
0: no, not ask them, tell them, give them advice. What would that be? It would be to trust the process of painting. It would be to not be so hard on yourself, as I sure was in the beginning, and just enjoy the flow of it all. Painting for me has been a huge emotional healing process for me. And it still is, but it's just in the beginning, it was, it taught me so much about myself.
1: Yeah. Painting is self development.
0: Yeah. And building a business is self-development, don't you think? Yep. Yeah. It's the best self-development you can do. Yeah. It is because you have to do things that scare you that you don't like. you got to take chances and take risks. Yeah. And so you learn to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to become stagnant.
1: Yeah. You have to get uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just like when I came onto this podcast. That's right. (laughs)
1: I had a conversation with an artist recently and she says, Well, I do uncomfortable things. Like, but then I told her something like 10 minutes ago. She said, Oh, that makes me so uncomfortable. I couldn't do that. I'm just like, Oh, but you know, you do uncomfortable things, but not that thing I just told you. <laughs> I, I right. think people like they think they're being uncomfortable, but they're not always pushing themselves. That's what's so important. Like when you came into my program, when other people come into my program, is like you get pushed.
0: Yeah, you do. And that's what you did with the email thing, right? Because I was so hesitant. Like once a month seemed like enough for me. Thank you very much. And even that was not easy. Yeah. And your biggest piece of advice for me on that email thing was I was kind of struggling to speak to the person on the other side. And you said to me, because I had a really close relationship with my father, to imagine myself writing to my dad. And that's what I do. It's not that I'm writing to him, so to speak, but it's almost like he's on my shoulder and I just go with the flow of it, right?
1: Yeah. And for the, I don't know if this was clear to everyone who's listening, but it's your late father that you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So that's what, you know, you're still having, you're still in conversation with, and that's something that my family does. We talk. We talk to dead people. It sounds really um, like woo, but that's not even what it is. It's kind of like, just happens in your head.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like I'm sharing with him what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Because I wasn't painting when he passed away, so. Yeah. So everyone knows I'm a Harry Potter nerd. There's the ending of Harry Potter
1: when, so in case people don't know, I'll have to explain. So after Harry Potter, like he... Dies, but he comes back. So he's in this place and he says to Dumbledore, Is this real or is it happening in my head? And now I'm going to screw it up. But basically, what he's his reply to is, Well, what difference does it make?
0: And that's true.
1: It doesn't, right? It doesn't. That's what that's what I mean. Like when we have conversations with people who we've lost, the relationship you have continues. Yeah. All right. This has been a beautiful conversation. Uh, Mariana, what is your Pinterest handle? And we'll make sure to include that in the show notes so people can come find you. I believe it's
0: Mariana H. Nielsen Abstract Art. Ooh, that's um, a long just, one. Okay. I know.
1: So this is episode, I think we said 232. So we will make sure to link to that in the show notes. So shulmanart.com forward slash 232. We will have all things Marianna in there so that you can find, see her colorful art. Thank you. Very beautiful art. And also see what she's doing on Pinterest. And don't forget, pre-orders for Artpreneur is available. So you can go over to artpreneurbook.com. We've linked all the places where you can order it, including Book Depository, which is perfect for my friends in Europe and Australia who don't want to have to pay international shipping. I believe the shipping is free everywhere in the world. So we're linked up there. And then you can, if you buy on that page, you can take advantage of all the book bonuses. So again, com. Mariana, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete?
0: Two things. I would like to say that as artists, it's imperative that you keep going through the whole process whether it's the painting part of it or the business part of it. And a little plug for Miriam, I took her inspirational place artist course. incubator incubator, okay, yes. sorry it's Okay. and uh, it's well worth it you'll learn an awful lot in there Alright, thank you well, and thank, thank you, you so
1: much for being with here today you were such an inspiration and I know that my listeners are going to love it. All right. So that's it for today. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shulman on Instagram at Shulman Art, and of course on shulmanart.com.